is Monday, October 31st here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to the Week 8 Recap Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaub. Back with me is Adam Krautwurst. Not in costume, but that's because we're not fooling around here, Adam. We got games to go over, and we're not going to talk about this particular game until the end. But I'm not completely happy with your boy after last night. The Packers had absolutely no business being within 10 points of that team. And it matters because the line on it at the point where I bet it was 11. <laughs> I know, I know. Josh, Josh let us down last night from a from a fantasy perspective, from a uh, you know, from a point a points perspective there, from an underdog pick'em perspective. It was a it was a bad night. But listen, if you're if your C night is still uh, you know, a 10 point win, uh we'll we'll take it as Bills fans. Yeah, positive for the Bills for sure, but like they were that one interception at Jair Alexander's feet, if he doesn't throw that, that is the difference in the line because they at least get a field goal right there. Right. It was clear he was trying to throw it away. I, I mean, to me, it looks like, and I can understand it at this point, it looked like the way he was playing at that point, he's like, whatever, we're going to win this game anyway. I'm just going to get rid of this ball. It's like, dude, that's not close enough to being thrown away, especially <laughs> at the best corner on the other team. Come on. You need, you got my money in your hands, Josh. You got to take it a little bit more seriously. Yeah, that they he stunk last night. I'm, not, I'm gonna be you know me. You know how I feel about my my, my son Josh Allen, but uh, he 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 was bad. He was he even said he was terrible. I don't know if it was rusty coming off the coming off the bye, but uh, it's listen. It's still QB thirteen on, on the week, so he didn't he, he didn't kill you. Yeah, can't complain too much about that. Killed me, but probably didn't kill most. <laughs> we had uh, elsewhere in the league, we had three touchdown games. We'll get to all these guys, but Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, Tony Pollard, Deontay Foreman, AJ mm-hmm. Brown. Uh, big weeks for all of those guys, some more surprising than others. The top 10 quarterbacks, you just mentioned Josh Allen not being in this group, but as of right now, with the Monday night game yet to go, these are the top 10 fantasy QBs right now. Obviously, it depends a little bit on your particular scoring, but assuming four-point touchdowns, we got Tua at number one. We got Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray, finally, Dak Prescott, Justin Fields, Marcus Mariota, Kirk Cousins, Taylor Heineke, Lamar Jackson, Zach Wilson at number 10 right now. I'm assuming that he's going to get pushed out of that group by Joe Burrow, but a, a surprising passing day for him. Yeah, great week for all those guys, for all those guys listed there. Uh, great week overall for for scoring, right? I mean, it was it was such a fun week. Uh, a lot of things made sense. We had some ma- massive running back weeks, some massive receiver weeks, um, and Tua. Hey, Tua, the n- number one QB, eighty percent completion this week. I mean, Mike Mike McDaniel's just has that offense humming. They're they're a really fun offense to, to watch, especially against the the, the Detroit Lions. Yeah, I mean, if you have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and a matchup with the Lions, your floor should be like QB5 for the week. So it's nice to see them capitalize, especially after going into halftime trailing in that game. But let's go back to the beginning now. We're going to hit all of the Sunday games. We'll start with that game in London. Broncos 21 over the Jaguars 17 in London. Right after Doug Peterson told us that Travis Etienne's role was not going to change a whole lot, in the wake of the James Robinson trade at ETN goes out and gets 24 carries against the Broncos, 156 yards and a touchdown. Obviously anybody who had ETN in a lineup was ecstatic with that kind of performance yesterday. We can only love that he has the possibility of getting that much work going forward. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't top 20 carries again this year, but at least we know it's possible now. Yeah, ex- exactly. And, you know, this backfield's all to himself now. He looked explosive. He looked, you know, workhorse role, awesome. 
He can catch it, obviously. He can he can run it. Um, some good some good game script there, right? They 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 were winning there towards, towards the end, and so uh, nice to see him him get going. I mean, a lot of people are really kind of circling the wagons here on the win on Travis Etienne. I mean, I don't think anyone ever said that he wasn't good. It was just he had he needed they needed to trade away their James Robinson for him to 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 get this work. Now the Jaguars. Great trade. They should have done that. But anytime you're banking on a trade of another running back off the team to have uh, fantasy explosiveness, I think you're. It's probably a losing proposition most of the time. But uh, Etienne looks looks awesome. Yeah, of course Jacksonville still lost this game, so we'll see if they change anything going forward. Right. But it was close. <laughs> it had nothing to do with how much they gave the ball to Etn. Both passing games in this one were totally meh. So I don't really know how much there is to talk about. At least Russell Wilson you know, didn't fall on his face. He didn't make a commercial in the middle of the game. Mm. So I, we like that it came away with that. There's probably not ever been a better time to buy than Denver getting one right now. Yeah, exactly. You know, and Russ threw a, you know, kind of a bad pick on the first drive, tried to hit Cortland Sutton on a fade on the sidelines, under threw it. His arm actually looks fine though. He threw some really nice uh, in breaking routes, some posts and stuff like that where there was some heat on it. So I think his, his arm looks fine. Um, and so, so yeah, I think, I think you're okay to start it from a physical perspective going mm-hmm. forward. Um, mental is a whole nother, a whole nother ball game. Uh, but, um, and Judy, you know, Judy looks, looks great. I mean, he looks better than Cortland Sutton other than the week that Judy uh, only played like 10 snaps, um, which he, he had a couple catches on that, on that drive too. Um, Judy looks, he's the better fantasy producer going forward or so far this season. And I think going forward, you know, we were telling at least I was telling people to draft. I would take him in the fifth round over Sutton in the third. And I think that's kind of come, come to fruition. So um, Judy looks, looks good going forward here. Yeah. And that was the way the draft sharks rankings were set up. It was not uh, definitely this guy over this guy, but they were both about the same. So if Sutton's going two rounds ahead of him, we'll wait and take Judy. If you're taking either of them. And I certainly think that Jerry Judy looks Solid to good going forward, whether he's a Bronco or a Packer by the end of uh, this coming week. Latavius Murray, Melvin Gordon split the backfield again. Gordon played more, significantly more pass routes. Murray got the touchdown, led in both carries and rushing yards. I don't see any reason why they would stop splitting things between these two going forward. Not exciting. Makes both of them like, crap, I need a running back. I guess I'll use that guy. Exactly. Nothing really changed moving forward. You don't really want to use these guys, but bye weeks injuries, you kind of have to sometimes. So we didn't really learn a ton here out, out, out of the backfield. But we, I think we did learn is Russ loves Dulcich. Uh, he just, he loved him on his seam routes and, um, f- you know, fades that on the sidelines. And, and so, you know, they're, they're, and Dulcich is probably a tight end one moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. I would say he's basically Pat Fryermuth, probably the rest of the way. Oh yeah, at, le- at least. Um, I don't really have anything else from this game other than what I did learn is that Evan Ingram does in fact know where the end zone is. We love Evan Ingram over here at Draft Sharks. What a what a so nice to get him. You know, I'm I, you know it's an early game. I got all the lineups set. I'm in church, right? And I just sneak out the phone. Let me see what the score is. Oh, Evan Ingram scores! Praise <laughs> the Lord! I wanted to just start dancing in the aisles. But yeah, it was nice to see Evan Ingram. Uh, get, get a touchdown there. He looked great too. They get him involved in the screen in, in the screen game, six targets again, second on the team in uh, for, for, for targets. So Lawrence, Lawrence threw a dime to that time, that corner out touchdown to Evan Ingram too. But um, I just don't Lawrence, you know, a bad pick by the, by the goal line could have been more points for them. I just don't know if Lawrence is ever going to be that 
that uh, awesome transcendent quarterback talent that people thought he was. He's, he's serviceable. He's okay. But I just don't see anything elite coming from Trevor Lawrence. I mean, I think it's clear that he was overrated as a draft prospect. Yeah. Certainly time for him to rebound and be fine. Sure. And this was a bad matchup, but yeah, not, not an impressive game. And it, he's, he's somebody to be concerned about overall. I'm not sure what made him think he could throw the ball through Justin Simmons, but at least he <laughs> learned that lesson in London should bring it back stateside with him. That's right. Falcons Panthers in overtime. And I think what we all knew was going to be the absolute game of the week when we saw it on the schedule. I mean, Falcons Panthers, you get all of that that you can, and then you put a little bit more on it. DJ Moore caught what should have been the go ahead touchdown at the end of the fourth quarter, uh, scored the touchdown, then took his helmet off to celebrate it. Like I know that you can't do that. He obviously knows you can't do that. That of course pushed the extra point back 15 yards. I got to admit, when I watched the Falcons making the decision to push it back on the extra point, I was like, really? You don't want to push it back on the kickoff and give you a better chance of getting a Hail Mary? But it worked out for him, missed the extra point, went to overtime. The Falcons ended up winning this game. We'll put that aside because we care about the numbers. And DJ Moore got those six for 152 and a touchdown in this game. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm right there with it. It's such a – let these guys have fun. Who is getting hurt by him celebrating – what is to be a gaming touchdown. Now, if anyone knows Lenny Papano, the owner of draft sharks, I don't think we're allowed to even rank DJ more next week because <laughs> of that. I think he's got, I don't know. Do they, do they have a bye week that I'm not sure of, but uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it was a bad, it was a bad penalty. And, and Eddie Pinero sucks. He missed the extra point. He missed one in overtime, but um, either way, what a catch 62 air yards on that touchdown. I heard that's the, like the longest one ever tracked by next gen stats over there. So um, great, great catch. Hail Mary ask back to back. Great weeks for D DJ Moore. We love to see it. I've got so much DJ Moore. It's crazy. So um, I see as DJ Moore goes, my season goes. <laughs> that makes me wonder that NFL next gen bit makes me wonder if they just weren't around for the Aaron Rodgers um, right, had Hail Mary in Detroit yeah. years ago, which they, it might not have been. I know Next Gen's not been around that long, so may, I don't know how far back their numbers go, but I, I feel like that one was probably longer in the air. Yeah, no, I I agree with that um, for sure. And and I'd like to, I'd like Walker to start one more week for them. I know they I know they lost, but I'd like to see him because he's getting the ball to DJ Moore, and 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 that's all we freaking care about, right? I mean, get the ball to DJ Moore, and uh, and that's it for the for this offense. Yeah, I don't see why Carolina would not start P.J. Walker again right. in the coming week. They are at Cincinnati, so it's going to be a tougher spot for sure. Um, but, you know, it's better than what we had been getting from D.J. Moore and anybody else on the offense. And speaking of past offense, it wasn't just D.J. Moore. Terrace Marshall made yes. a, a cameo. Nine targets in this game, caught four for 87 yards, right with D.J. Moore in both snaps and routes. Just one route short of D.J. Moore in week seven. So Terrace Marshall might not be dead after all. Yeah, no, it's nice, nice, nice to see him uh, get involved there. He's he's worth adding down the stretch here because they're just not a very good team, right? They're not they're not even trying to win. I mean, as an organization, they're not really trying to win. Obviously, the players are trying to win, but you know, uh, they're going to lose a lot more games. Um, and if they can get Terrence Marshall involved, that would be great. And of course, we buried the fantasy lead here because Deontay Foreman scored three sure. touchdowns, twenty six right. carries, one hundred and eighteen yards. Obviously, not going to have the backfield to himself. Once Chuba Hubbard's ankle is ready, and we assume because he played it off like it was no big deal coming out of week eight. No, I'm sorry, week seven. We assume he'll be ready for week nine. We'll see about that. 
I would assume that there's more likely to be a split now after we got a big Deontay Foreman game against the Falcons, though. And, you know, I think the bigger takeaway even than use Deontay Foreman going forward, I think the bigger takeaway is go ahead and upgrade everybody when they face the Falcons. Yeah, exactly. The Falcons doesn't don't have a great defense, so and and they're not going to run away from you on, on offense because the coach just won't allow it. But so it's good for Foreman. He gets three touchdowns. He also had no catches. So like that's not good. You know, you're not going to be able to rely on over 100 yards rushing and a ton of carries on a team that isn't very good and three touchdowns. Now he looked he looked fine. He looked looked great. Looked powerful. Looked explosive. You know, but um, but yeah, we've got Chuba Hubbard c- coming back. Uh, for a running back that doesn't c- catch passes, sell high, <laughs> sell Foreman now. See if you can get something, something great for him uh, m- moving forward. But if you had to start Foreman, like I did in a few, few spots, um, c- congrats to all of you this week. Yeah, this might be the greatest sell high of all time. Uh, yeah. Deontay Foreman come off a three touchdown game with his backfield mate coming back. Um, and you know, not to mention that Cincinnati matchup has not been great for anybody on opposing offenses so far. It's not a matter of pass or run funnel defense. It's just not been a, a, an excellent spot for scoring fantasy points. The Falcon side of this one, Tyler Algier was one of those guys that a lot of people had to start. He ended up with two fewer carries than Caleb Huntley ended up with less than half the rushing yardage of Caleb Huntley. That certainly doesn't support the notion of Tyler Algier getting significant work going forward and Cordero Patterson should be back soon. I think week nine might be the first week he's eligible to play. So I think we're probably going to be forgetting the names of these Falcons running backs, not named Patterson pretty soon until one of them vultures a touchdown from Patterson. We're just cursing their names. Right. Right. Uh, Because the Falcons don't score many touchdowns, but yeah, once Patterson back, you're throwing him in the starting lineup. You're not going to want to start any of these other guys. Like you said, might might vulture a touchdown here and there, but Patterson's a better runner than these guys. He's a better receiver than these guys. But Kyle Pitts, baby, let's go. It's so weird, right? That Kyle Pitts gets nine targets, you know, five for eighty and a score, and they and they win the game. And now, granted, they won on some missed field goals, but they scored some points. Hey, we got 30, 30 plus points here. Um, looked he looked awesome. They run a you know he runs like a fake jet sweep. And then just sits out in the flats. Mariota tried his absolute best to not look at him and not throw him the ball. But he finally he's about to get sacked, launches it out there, and he takes it like 35 yards, breaks three three tackles. Like, oh, look, Kyle Pitts is really stinking good. So it's weird. They got him involved. They scored. They won the game. They put up some, some points. So good for Kyle, P- Kyle Pitts. Not so good for Drake London yesterday. No targets till the third quarter. I have, I have no answers for that at all. Yeah, I mean, the answer is they can't support more than one guy. So it was nice to at least see them support one pass catcher in this game. They got the Chargers next, which should be the kind of game where they need to throw the ball a little bit more and need to score some points. We'll see. The Chargers weren't awesome the last time out, but they're coming off a bye now. Should be rested. We did get a fairly efficient day from Marcus Mariota, 20 of 28 passing, 253 yards, three touchdown passes, two picks. So, you know, some bad to balance out with the good. I kind of wish that they had lost this game so we might get closer to Desmond Ritter taking the field, but at least we got the team throwing more than 13 times. So overall, I guess we can't complain as fantasy players. Right, exactly. And the other thing is they still didn't throw a lot. 28 pass attempts, they threw 46% of the time. Like, we still wasn't even a game script where that, like, you know, give us a negative game script where they have to throw and they do throw. You If you get 40 if you can just get 40 pass attempts one time for Marcus Mariota, you could have, you know, everyone could explode because it's a very efficient passing attack. They throw out, out of play action, which is what you want to do. They're way more valuable. So if they can just actually decide to throw the ball, 
Um, you know, he's throwing bombs all over the place to receivers that are not, nowhere near your starting lineup. So imagine if they actually throw the ball to Drake London uh, and Kyle Pitts, they could have some, some explosive games. Speaking of explosive games, we got Cowboys and Bears up next. 49 points for the Cowboys in the second game with Dak Prescott back from the thumb injury. He was efficient, and they were leaning more toward the pass early. Um, you know, maybe part of that was Zeke Elliott being out, but obviously they trust Tony Pollard plenty. I would imagine that at least as much of it was also having Dak further removed from the thumb injury. At the very least, we got success. We got good-looking Dak. We can count on this offense going forward. And who are they? Oh, they have the buy next. So they should be even healthier once they get back from that. Unfortunately, because we want Zeke Elliott as far away from the, from the field as possible. But let's talk about Dak first. Dak looked really good. Looked comfortable. Now, again, it's, it's it's the Bears, but still, he had a rushing score where he walked in. He had another rush later where he looked, you know, he didn't look as good as he used to, but looked solid, got 15 or 20 yards, got, got out of bounds fine the offense is just better when it's a balanced attack right when they're running the ball throwing it play action passes had some great play action hitting cd lamb behind the behind the, the linebackers the play action game was really really good um and i know you don't have to run the ball and you don't have to run the ball well to run play action but when you've got when you're not faking the ball to to football years 90 year old zeke elliott who is the most efficient three-yard runner ever, and you're actually turning around and faking it to Tony Pollard, who's explosive, it helps. It certainly helps. So uh, I like the offense overall when they're, when they're running the ball well and they're passing the ball well. Um, I think it, it, it's, it, it's more explosive, actually, when they're, when they're mixing it in. I just don't know how you can watch as a coach Tony Pollard play in a game and not think, oh, I should give him the ball a couple more times next week. Because every time he does get, yeah, it doesn't happen often that Zeke's out. But when it does, it's like, oh, that guy, he's pretty fast. Like, all we have to do is get him a little space, and uh, he's capable of scoring. Electric in this one. Four, only had 14 carries, well over 100 yards, had three scores. You know, it wasn't like a workhorse day. Right. Part of that was them being in garbage time at the end. They got Malik Davis mixed in. Um, but, you know, the, let, let's hope that's enough for Dallas coaches to be like, all right, guys, we're going to make this a little bit more like David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert going forward. Yeah, and Jerry Jones already came out and said, "Hey, when Zeke comes back, we're gonna go with Zeke." Goes like, I don't know. Is he how senile that man is anymore? Like, <laughs> is he shaking hands with ghosts too? I have no idea. So, uh, you know, I just there's and no, no one says that Zeke's better than Powell. I even either the coaching staff come out. Even Jerry Jones doesn't even say that Powell's not better. He's like, oh no, we're gonna run Zeke. Like, we're gonna do the worst thing. We're gonna do the thing that makes us worse. Like, all right, fine. Yeah, have fun. On the other side of this one, uh, we'll get to the running backs in a minute, but Justin Fields, I think, is more of a story. Mm. Top 12 fantasy quarterback for the fourth straight week, and he's sitting fifth right now. So that's going to happen no matter what happens in the Monday night game. Probably a second straight week inside the top six among fantasy QBs, unless Jacoby Brissett goes nuts against the Bengals. Two touchdown passes against Dallas, one rushing score in that game. And I believe in Justin Fields being a fantasy factor going forward because the offense looks different. They've actually started mm -hmm. designing him run plays. They're actually able to move the ball. They're letting him do what he does well. And beyond that, the Bears have Miami and Detroit the next two weeks. So I'm going to go ahead and play Justin Fields in those matchups. Yeah, you said it. It's purposeful rushing. It's it's not just like scrambles. It's we're designing runs for him. And we're designing plays where if the first read isn't there, there's uh, run lanes for him to, to, to rush through, right? They're, they're, they're rolling him out. It's, they're making it much easier. Again, they said a couple weeks ago, they went and watched a bunch of Lamar Jackson film and said, hey, how is Lamar getting 
these type of runs and these type of explosive plays. So kudos to them for doing that. The offense still kind of stinks, but that's just because they don't have a lot of talent around them, right? So yeah, Fields is certainly startable moving forward, especially in those matchups that you you just said. And he even had a you know he had some nice throws. He threw a dime to Vilas Jones that he dropped at the two at the two yard line that might have might have been a long touchdown, like a fifty yard touchdown. So Fields is starting to feel a little bit more comfortable back there. You can tell. Um, but, but yeah, he's, he's startable only because of that rushing upside. Mm -hmm. Khalil Herbert beat David Montgomery by one carry in this one outdid him in yardage for the second straight game. David Montgomery still played more than twice as many snaps as Herbert. So it's not like a takeover in the backfield, but it looks like the offensive changes have also included the coaches being like, you know, we need to go ahead and get the ball to Khalil Herbert some. We'll see if Dave Montgomery is a trade candidate over the next day or so. But assuming that things stay the way they are in this backfield, we should assume that Herbert continues to get more work than he had been early in the season. And I think that this is looking like, you know, I guess Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt is probably the best combo. Obviously, both of these guys at lower levels than those two, but just in terms of how they're going to be used, a, a, a an even looking split that might waver week to week, but they're both getting the ball. They're both getting the ball in all phases. Exactly. And this is a situation where like, if you had, you know, if you took Herbert later on in, in, in your draft, um, hoping for an injury to Montgomery to wait for Herbert, uh, you got like a little pleasant surprise here that he actually has some weak, some weekly startability flex startability. If you have like a zero RB or hero RB, lineup you can you know there's a team that i went zero rb and or here rb i can't remember and i had to start herbert and i was it was i loved it you know i love what i was getting out of him so you have that upside of when montgomery goes down if he goes down herbert has that rb1 upside but also has that weekly startability so i like that they're that they're running Her herbert out there um and uh and yes and, and he looks good he looks probably better than montgomery montgomery isn't a bad running back but you know the, the thing about this offense is there's only like you can't really start like fields you're starting and those two guys you're starting, but you don't, you're not looking for much upside from them. And really other than that, you're not really starting anybody else, uh, even in, in the passing game. What about Cole Komet after his first touchdown since December? Oh my gosh. Cole, Cole Komet. I mean, hey, it was a nice play. Nice play. But that was, that was about it from, for, for Cole Komet. <laughs> yep. One of his two catches for the game. Certainly yeah. not somebody that you're putting in lineups yet. Anything else in that game? I don't think so. We got the Dolphins over the Lions. The Lions scored 27 first half points in this one, went to halftime up by 10, and then they did not score again. The Dolphins won 31-27. We did get DeAndre Swift back on the Detroit side, and he got back to what he was doing right before going down. Five carries for six yards in this game, five mm -hmm. catches for 27 yards and a touchdown. So you look at the final fantasy numbers, and you're like, all right, DeAndre Swift's back to help my fantasy team. If you look a little deeper, it's like, man, this guy is looking a lot like fancy Clyde Edwards Elaire. <laughs> it's not hard to be fancy Clyde Edwards Elaire. Um, yeah, no, I, it's correct. He got there in the box score, which is which is great because that's that's all that really matters. And there's weeks where players look really good and they don't get there in the box score. So you'll take it any way you can get it. But Jamal Williams, you know, two touchdowns out of him. Uh, one, he vultured kind of another one, you know, was probably from 10 yards out. So I wouldn't consider that a vulture. They love Jamal Williams. Um, and you know, it's, he's not going anywhere. He leads the league in touched and rushing touchdowns. Tied for the lead league. Jamal Williams does again, another kind of a Herbert situation. We're like, Hey, I'll take Jamal Williams when Swift goes down. Oh wait, he's got weekly, uh, a touchdown upside every single week. So, uh, Swift's coming. He played, he was healthy. 
but he didn't look he didn't look all the, all the way back yet. So, um, and, and Swift, you know his his role is really in the, in the passing game. He's not a very efficient runner. Like he's not very good. Um, all that kind of the analytics and stuff like point to that. Where he's explosive is in the passing game, where he takes these you know swing passes sixty yards to the house for for a touchdown. So, um, you're you're continuing to start Jamal Williams as a as a, like an RB two if you need to. Um, cause they, they love getting it to him on the goal and he's good at it too. Like, it's not like, why are they giving this guy the ball? He scores all the time. So Swift got there on a, on a touchdown that saved the day. He's still got all the pass down work. You're still starting Swift when he's healthy, but, um, he Swift isn't all the way back yet. And he did score his touchdown on a slant too. So it wasn't just like a, a typical running back screen that he took into the end zone. They do different things with yeah. him. There's certainly upside to him. I assume that he'll get more touches as he gets healthier, he also has not been a picture of health throughout his career. So, you know, we, we've called DeAndre Swift a sell earlier this season. I think he remains that whenever there's an opportunity, somebody that I wouldn't just be like unloading just to make sure I got something in return. But every time that he scores, I would go hit the market and see uh, some running back needy team in my team, especially we've got um, six teams on by this coming yeah. week. So you're going to find a healthy marketplace potentially. I'd put him out there and see Jamal Williams is going to remain a thing here. He has been since the beginning of the season, even before Swift got hurt. And this is a team that wants to run the ball plenty. So there should be enough touches to go around. Williams also got three targets in this game. So, mm-hmm. I mean, Swift is still the leader for receiving and will probably take more of that as he gets healthier. But interesting to see Williams take some of that, which he had even been losing to Craig Reynolds while Swift was out. Amon Ross St. Brown, 10 targets in this game, four more than anyone else on the team. Caught seven balls, 69 yards, kind of a quiet day, but you know, like what you're hoping for from him other than him not maximizing it ultimately. Jared Goff threw for 321 in a matchup where we hoped that he would be helpful for fantasy teams. Didn't get more than the one touchdown. That's because Jamal Williams stole a couple of them, but you can't complain if you started Jared Goff and he threw for 321 in a score. Three twenty one score, yeah. I mean, that was that was fine. A shootout. You would have hoped to get one more score. I mean, Josh Reynolds dropped one in, in the end zone that Goff put right there, um, late in the. I think it was like the last play of the first half before the before I think they kicked a field goal. So, um, yeah, I I I would have hoped for for a better game from him. But hey, still finished top twelve quarterback on the week. So you can't really anytime Goff gives you one of those, you can't really complain. Yeah, a little bit disappointing that T.J. Hawkinson didn't get more, but. Tough to complain when he gets 80 yards on three catches, which is not what you're normally going to see from right. Mr. Hawkinson. Yeah. On the Dolphins side, we mentioned Tua earlier, 382 yards, three touchdowns. If you had Tua in your lineup, you had to like that they were 10 points down at halftime because you're like, oh, sweet. Time to step back and chuck it for the speed receivers. And those guys, of course, both paid off. Tyreek, 12 for 188 on 14 targets. Jalen Waddell, 8 for 106 and two touchdowns on nine targets. Uh, you love it if you have either one of those guys. Yeah, I, I put that in my notes. It was amazing that the Lions were up twenty-one to seven earlier, like licking your chops. Like, let's go, beautiful. If I if I could have picked a better a better score just to start the game with, so great. But um, yeah, Tua was the uh, Tua is a QB one, maybe even a high end QB one moving forward. Um, Tyreek has nine hundred and sixty-one receiving yards on the year. Right? We're not even halfway through. He's gonna push for for the record. He's so good. Um, Waddle two, two, two touchdowns. One of them was on a, was on a really sweet slot fade route. Um, I love to run the slot fade in, in flag football, man. It's just, you put your best receiver in the slot, you get him at a linebacker, run a little fade route. So easy. Uh, so I'm glad to see two has been watching my, my highlight films and, um, Gusecki, your boy Gusecki gets another touchdown. 
Uh, tight end eight on the week. Um, my only regret, man, is I wish I would have known. Like I knew Tyreek was what was awesome going into the year. I just wish I would have known how how s- smart Mike McD- Mark McDaniel was. Like we knew he was a young, up and coming, kind of clever play caller, but he's just so good at getting not only just getting guys in space, but just like the fact that he only throws to the best players on his team is so nice to see because you've got other places like the Jets with Elijah Moore <laughs> who can't even sniff a target. Uh, and then you've got, you know, so it's really refreshing to see um, as much as, you know, I'm not a big Dolphins fan, but it's refreshing to see uh, a coach do something like this. Yeah. Well, I mean, not, might not be a fan of the Dolphins, but uh, fans of our fantasy teams. So yes. <laughs> whatever is helping those teams is, is good for us. Um, I think what you should have listened to was when Tyreek Hill told us before the season that he got the most accurate quarterback in the league. Now <laughs> he finally moved away from the anchor that is Patrick Mahomes and he got to Tua to really help him open things up. Mike Gusecki, it's nice that he got a touchdown, but I would look into trading him now if that's a possibility. I'm not sure how, I'm not sure if tight end trades are actually a thing in fantasy, but <laughs> where it might be possible I would take a look because his playing time did dip with Durham Smythe back healthy. Um, Smythe matched him in snaps. Gasecki was fourth in routes behind Waddle and Hill, obviously, but also behind Trent Sherfield. So quite a, uh, there's definitely a chance that he's just a limited guy going forward. Only had three catches, four targets yesterday. So maybe play off of that. And it, it pissed me off that they fell behind in the first half because I was looking for a big week from Raheem Mostert and we only got 14 carries 64 yards from him. Fine rushing day, but he didn't get more because they had to launch it to catch up. Yeah, no, I get it. But again, it's, it's competent coaching. Like it's, it, they were behind. So they threw the ball to, to catch up. I totally, I totally get it. If you were, if you were rooting for Raheem Mostert, then, the, then you didn't want that 21 to seven scoreline, but he, you know, he's, he's fine. We're moving forward. It's nice to see every week you can get out of the week with a healthy Raheem Mostert is a win. <laughs> yeah, if we've got Raheem Mostert plus two knees, I guess I shouldn't count the TDs. Just right, that. <laughs> that's right. Anything else in that game? Uh, I think that's it. Vikings 34-26 over the Cardinals. Kyler Murray, I like to make fun of him when he doesn't pay off. So I'm going to go ahead and point out that he did pay off for us this week. 326 yards, three touchdowns passing. Did throw two picks as well. 31-44 of 44 was key, so certainly the high-scoring game. The game script helped. I think we assumed that this was going to be a high-scoring game or at least had the potential to be that. So nice that he gave us numbers. Nice that DeAndre Hopkins put up big numbers again. Obviously getting lots of targets, 29.5% of Arizona's total here. We also got a big game from Rondale Moore finally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, everyone needs to just chill on Kyler Murray, okay? he's He was QB6 overall going into the week. He finished QB5 this week, depending on what Joe Burrow does. To tonight he hasn't now listen no one said he was a great quarterback no one we want him for fantasy no one said you know the coaching staff is terrible but you know we're relying on the rushing and the passing it's not pretty but he gets there he's the best fantasy quarterback in in in, in the second half all year like we can't like the first half <laughs> first half's never pretty the second back second half he always loads up and he and he hasn't had his full offense one time you know, he loses Marquise Brown. He gets in DeAndre Hopkins. Four weeks from now, he's going to have everybody healthy. He has a great playoff. Um, he has a great playoff schedule. Continue to roll out Ky- Kyler Murray, okay? Uh, yeah, Rondale worked out of the slot a bunch yesterday. He had a great catch and run. It was a 50-yard hitch. It was 50-yard. It was a hitch, 
for like eight yards, hits him, runs for 50, 50 yards. That'd be an incredible. Play. I want to see a 50-yard hitch. <laughs> Only Josh Allen could throw a 50-yard hitch, okay? <laughs> um, but great catch and run. Ran him out of the slot. Makes sense. Cop- competent coaching. Awesome. Well, um, let's not get carried away. <laughs> on that play. Competent coaching <laughs> on that play. And Hopkins runs has a beautiful one-handed, left-handed oh, yeah. fade touchdown there. He's so good. It's so nice. Talking about things making sense. It's so nice to have him back. Uh, and they're just so locked in, those two, Murray and Hopkins. So um, it's nice for all those teams that waited and are getting re- rewarded for that. You got to love those 5XL hands for the That's right. <laughs> in the end zone. Rondell Moore, you know, like you said, nice to see him back in the slot. This is what we were hoping for. That was the problem last week because they worked him outside. I still think it was stupid, even if it was just so you could get A.J. Green off the field. But anyway, we got him back this week. Eight targets, seven for 92 and a touchdown. Carries, we got Daryl Williams back in this game. Eno Benjamin lost some to him, but really lost some to game script here. I mean, that's going to happen. Uh, the carries went six to two in Eno's favor in the first half. So it wasn't like Daryl Williams came back and they split. It was still Eno Benjamin ahead of him. It was more like the Eno and Keontae Ingram split with Daryl Williams taking on the part of Ingram. We'll see if James Conner is back for the next week. They have got, who's up next on there? Seattle, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but their defense has been playing a lot better over the past three weeks. So that's definitely not uh, a gimme matchup, but we'll see about James Conner's health. Yeah, that's the other thing too. Like he hasn't had, you know, speaking of the, the whole offense in general, like James Conner is, I think, better than the running backs that they that, that they have there. I mean, Eno's looked good. Even Conte looked good last week, or sorry, two two weeks ago um, on th- Thursday night football. But you know, James Conner is the best back there. The offense is more efficient with Conner there, so I think that'll help everybody. That'll help the James Conner owners too. Like, holy cow, we're waiting a month here uh, or more to get to get Conner back. So. Um, yeah, it'll be nice to be able to put, put him in the, in the lineup, even though it is against a stingy uh, Seahawks defense. Dalvin Cook on the other side, 20 carries, 111 and a touchdown on the ground. Also caught five balls for 30 yards. So that's what we've been looking for to come back uh, to take that lead in the passing game or, or back away from Alexander Madison. He saw less in that area immediately following the shoulder injury. So coming out of the bye, nice to see him get that. I would assume that he's going to lead in that area going forward and a solid passing day overall for Minnesota. The one note I would have is that I think the entire Arizona defense should be fired after allowing that 17 yard Kirk cousins touchdown run. That wasn't even just like a straight 17 yards. He went that way and then turned and still made his way to the end zone with nobody catching him. I know that was that's that's it's great if you have Kurt Cousins this week, but not great if you had any of the other skill guys. And that was kind of the difference, right? Between uh, obviously Cook finished RB seven. He had a he had a great week, but the difference is like Jefferson didn't score, Thielen didn't score. You know, Thielen was wide receiver thirty eight. He's one of those guys now where like every time he gets hit, he like comes up like lame, like grabbing a body part because he's old. Uh, and so, uh, so he finished wide receiver 38. He's a, he's a, he's a wide receiver three, go, go, you know, going forward. Jefferson was wide receiver 22 on the week. Looked great. Fine. Just didn't get in the, in the end zone. So that was kind of the difference between him having, having a really great week, but, uh, but yeah, it would have been nice if cousins would have just slid and then thrown the ball to a, a good player. I can respect Adam Thielen though, because I get up off the couch holding a body <laughs> part and making noises. So if he's I at know. least getting hit by football players, then uh, I respect the touchdowns. Went to KJ Osborne and Johnny Munt, um, which I know we were all starting. So that's fun. Herb Smith, four catches and an ankle injury. So we'll see about that. Adam Thielen did leave briefly, had a bruised knee coming away. 
Um, we assume it won't be an issue going forward because he did return to the game, but you know, we'll watch those things during the week. Saints Raiders up next. And I shouldn't even say the Raiders because I'm not sure that they were actually involved in this game. Josh Jacobs, quiet, 10 carries, 43 yards, two catches for 11 on four targets. I'm not worried about him. The offense was awful. I mean, if your team's getting shut out at New Orleans, it's going to be tough for you to do a whole lot on the ground. We did see numbers from Amir Abdullah. If you look at the box score, that came late in the game. It was all second half stuff, garbage time. So it's still Josh Jacobs' job. I'm going to hope that we can flush this game away and forget about it. How embarrassing was this? Was this this performance? Zero points against the Saints with with without their top corner, right? I mean, just so embarrassing. Um, uh, It's just another Josh McDaniels. Is he just another fraud? Another Patriots coach that can't cut it, huh? I wonder what they're missing. I wonder what all the Patriots coaches are missing. Oh, it's Tom Brady. The system, weird. I mean, this offense is it's so Devontae. I know you had no Darren Waller, but you don't use Darren Waller anyways, even when he's healthy. I mean, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Josh Jacobs, and they can't do z- zero points. Crazy. And Jacobs looked fine. His first run, like it's one of his first, first carries of the game. He, you know, threw three people and ran for 12 yards. Like he looked great. Um, and I don't think Adams got his ca- first catch, only catch until like the final drive of the game. Like, I mean, no, he was, maybe he was sick still. Uh, he had that stomach bug, I think, but. There's just no no excuse to come out there. Renfro's invisible. You know, we always hear about, oh, Josh McDaniels, all these slot receivers, right? Renfro's like one of the best slot receivers in the game, and they never get him the ball. You know, they they run a lot of two-receiver sets there, and Matt Collins starts over him in two-receiver sets, and he, and he probably should. I mean, I'll be honest. You know, if you're going to run the ball, Matt Collins is probably a much better blocker. He's bigger, and Collins has been playing fine, right? He had 13 points yesterday. He was their number one receiver. He's had some big plays. He's had some big games for them. So I don't, I don't have a problem with that. But um, when you're losing, you know, Renfro, Renfro's got to get more involved. I'm wondering if the, if the injuries are just nagging him. Yeah, I think that yesterday was, you know, there's obviously not an, not an excuse for being that bad, but I think it was a confluence of just negative factors. There were multiple injuries. Darren Waller was missing, as you mentioned. Devontae Adams missed practice all week with the flu. I'm sure he was somewhere short of 100% for this game, which they also had to travel for from Vegas down in New Orleans. It's the first game this season that they've gone for less than 320 total yards. The first game they've had less than 19 points. They had uh, 400 yards the week before at Houston. They played the Chiefs right to the buzzer before the bye in week five. So I'm going to throw this one out for now. We'll obviously watch and see what happens at Jacksonville next week, but I'm not changing my outlook for any Raiders players from what it was heading into this game. Yeah. Yeah. It's just more of like an overall quote. Like, what are they now? Two, they two and five or something? Like, they're just three, whatever. They're just, their offense isn't what it was supposed to be. I mean, Adams has had some big games. But and Jacob said some good games. Obviously, he's been he's been great. But you know, to come out in a, in a smash spot like this and to lay this type of egg, it's just weird. Yeah, they're a mid pack offense. Yeah. Um, on the other side, Alvin Kamara, awesome. Mm. Nothing mid pack about him. Alvin <laughs> Kamara, three touchdowns in this game. Two of them receiving was the lead receiver for these Saints. Did enough on the ground. So. Nothing to do but bask in the glow of Alvin Kamara. And Andy Dalton came off last week's debacle to be solid. 22 of 30, 229, two touchdowns, no turnovers or sacks. 
Yeah, I mean Kamara, what a what a what a great week. He always has one or two of these a year. I remember a couple of years ago in the fantasy playoffs, he had a four tutty game. Was it maybe it was Thanksgiving night or something? I think it was six touchdowns. Is that what you thinking of? Six, or? yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sit, my God, what a night. Um, but uh yeah, no, he he's incredible. He has such great balance, like it's crazy to watch him to watch him run. And the great thing about this team right now is Dalton loves him. Like Dalton's throwing, you know, they're running arrow routes with him, check downs, you know, uh, he he's running the ball well. Um, we, so we, if you're a Kamara owner, you want Dalton to stay as the start, as the starting quarterback. Cause he just, Dalton is, is, is using all the players need to get involved. He's Alave is getting his, you know, he doesn't score today, but he had another good solid game. So, um, but yeah, but Kamara was awesome. He might not even be a, you know, he might even be a saint maybe by, by the time this show ends, he'll be in, he'll be in Buffalo maybe hopefully, but, um, but no, it was a good week for all. If you started Alave, you were fine. You started Kamara, you were more than fine. I think Buffalo might be the only team where, if that, uh, it, where if they gave up a first round pick, as is being reported, uh, <laughs> first of all, the report that the Eagles are offering a first round pick for Kamara is absolute. Can't be not, Yeah, can't be true. The Bills are the one team where if they did that, I'd be like, all right, that's an overpay. But I mean, look at them now. <laughs> well, look at, well, and I tweeted out yesterday, like, look at, look what Christian McCaffrey's are like, oh, they overpaid this. Like, he won them. The Listen, I get RBs don't matter, but some RBs are really, really good. And not from a fantasy perspective, but if you want to go win the Super Bowl and your biggest weakness is running back, go, you can, you know. You can get difference makers, and Kamara, Kamara is one of them. So maybe they were even showcasing him uh, for 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 a trade. We'll see. No, I mean, and of course, the counterpoint to that is, uh, sure, he had a monster game. We know he can do that. If they don't win the Super Bowl, then it's kind of a disappointment on that kind of investment. And then the draft picks are going to be whatever they are for however long beyond that. I'm certainly more okay than some others with uh, spending draft picks, whether we're talking fantasy or real football. Right. You know, we'll we'll see. It'll be interesting to see how that one plays out. I was surprised that the the way that they do things. I was surprised that they gave up that much for McCaffrey. But I, you know, we'll talk more about him when we yeah. get to that game. Anything else from this particular game? Yeah. Side note here. I, speaking of trading Kamara, uh, Mark Ingram is out three to four weeks uh, with this with this knee sprain that, that he's got. So you know, maybe they'll hold on to Kamara or whatever. But you know, now we got to look into you know, picking the next running back up off the heap here for, for, for the saints. But uh, that's good news for Kamara. If he stays in, uh, if he stays in new Orleans. Hey, congrats to Mark Ingram's knees for making it this far. Into that's season. right. He's yeah. 32 years old. So very nice. <laughs> he won the ball for a long time. Uh, he deserves a little rest. Patriots 22 jets 17. Let's start on the Patriots side. We already talked a bit about the jets. So we'll save that for a minute. Ramondre Stevenson, Still ahead of Damian Harris in both running and passing, despite leaving this game briefly, 16 for 71 on the ground, seven catches for 72 yards, eight targets were second on the team, trailing only Jacoby Myers and doubling the total of number three, Jonu Smith, on that target tracker. So Ramondre Stevenson looks like the clear lead back going forward. Damian Harris is still going to be usable, but he's probably, I, I guess I shouldn't say probably because it's the Patriots and next week could look completely different, but it doesn't look like they want to get him right back to the level he was before the hamstring injury. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's another situation where it's interesting to see, like, like I knew Ramondre Stevenson was the best running back on this team by a mile, but you always have to rely on the coaches to it. And it took an injury right to Damian Harris to really let this guy to let Ramondre cook. I mean, he's, 
he's an RB one moving forward. As long as he keeps getting these roles, I mean, all those catches and he looks good doing it. It's not, and it's not fluky, like end of the game, check down stuff. It's they had him run. He ran like a drag route and caught it and made some guys miss yesterday. He looks, he looks really good. So start him with confidence moving forward. Devontae Parker got hurt early in this one. Sounds like it's not serious, but he could miss some time. So we'll see if that makes anybody else besides Jacoby Myers in the passing game usable. I don't think it will. I think it's Jacoby Myers, and then you just kind of forget about everybody else unless you're playing a DFS showdown. Yeah, Jacoby Myers, wide receiver nine in the week. Uh, good, good for him. Uh, but he must have not gotten tackled downfield 12 times by Sauce Gardner during this game because because that's the only thing that keeps receivers from going off against the Jets. Hey, good for Sauce if he can get away with it. <laughs> On the Jets side, we mentioned 355 passing yards for Zach Wilson, his first career 300-yard passing day. He has one other game in his young career of 260-plus passing yards. So I'm not going to expect a lot more of this, but it's nice to at least know that it is physically possible. Big day for Garrett Wilson, big day for Tyler Conklin, and Elijah Moore still on the team. That's right. Zach Zach wasn't one of the worst quarterbacks I've ever seen in my entire entire life. For a guy that's got that type of physical tools, to to make the decisions that he makes is just breathtaking. You might have seen it yesterday. Ian Harditz, PFF, friend of the show, um, he said Zach Wilson is like if Patrick Mahomes played every game blackout drunk. That's right. That's right. And that, that makes sense. I was going to say, I was going to say Josh Allen, because Allen had two of those terrible, Zach, Josh Allen had two Zach Wilson-esque picks yesterday. But uh, yeah, I mean, well, he's just, he's so, so bad. Um, but hey, 350 yards, two, two touchdowns. I was telling everyone to, 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 to drop Brian Robinson and add Joe Flacco in every single league you can, because I mean, this offense can cook when you've got a competent quarterback back there, they got the bills next week. The bills are going to embarrass Zach Wilson. And then you might get Joe Flacco the, the week well, after that. So what they did this week was demoted Joe Flacco to QB three and Mike white was the backup. <laughs> Mike fine. Mike white too. Mike white proved last year. He'd get the ball where it, need, where it needs to be. I mean, Elijah Moore, you got to feel bad for him. And here's the thing too. People are like, Oh, stop. Stop bitching. You make all this money to, to, to play football, to be a wide receiver. And your craft is to run as hard as you can. Every play, get open, do all this work, get open. And the guy's not even looking at you ever, never one time ever for weeks and weeks and weeks. Like what do you expect from, 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 from Elijah Moore? So uh, you, you, we need a quarterback change here uh, or we need Elijah Moore to get, to, to get traded. So, uh, but yeah, Zach Wilson still three, three, three yards, two touchdowns. Fine. Um, Garrett Wilson's awesome. If he if he wants to throw to Garrett Wilson every play, fine. Uh, I have you know Garrett Wilson's good. It's not like Garrett Wilson is is isn't good. Um, but uh, Elijah Moore is going to get dropped in a lot of leagues this week. Go pick him up because there eventually is going to be a quarterback change here uh, because <laughs> because the Jets think they're good, right? So they they're going to hey if we you know they they, they got they got to start winning football games. So or Elijah Moore is going to going to get traded. I would just I would caution don't drop anything worthwhile for Elijah Moore because uh, it's getting a little bit late in the season to expect the bounce back. Uh, Michael Carter took half the backfield work, and I don't mean that he split it with one person. I mean he took as many snaps as Ty Johnson and James Robinson did combined. Um, seven targets as well for Carter. So nobody did anything impressive on the ground. Didn't really expect that from anybody, but I think we saw the beginning of what should be Michael Carter leading this group in touches the rest of the way. Not going to thrill you, not going to win your season, but somebody that you can use more often than not in PPR. Yeah, ex- exactly. I mean, he's not, he, you know, unfortunately it's not like a, 
a situation where when the starting running back goes down, Brees Hall, the backup is comes in and is still like a like a low like a like a Tony Pollard situation, or even like a, we talked earlier, the Lions, Jamal Williams has borderline RB one potential when there's no DeAndre Swift there. I, I don't think you're really getting that out of Carter. The offense isn't isn't good enough for that. Um, so, but yeah, he started RB two, you know, low end RB two, you know, you got Ty Johnson is the short yardage back. He's got to get involved, right? We got to make sure Ty Johnson gets his, his touches. If you got Ty Johnson. You can't just keep that on the sideline. <laughs> no, you can't keep Ty Johnson on the sidelines. So, uh, yeah, Carter will have his, will have his games. Um, but this, uh, this, this wasn't one of them. And next week's probably not going to be one of them either because they got the Bills coming up next. So Correct. Not a week to get excited about anything, Jets. No. Speaking of getting excited, though, we got the Eagles 35-13 to remain the only undefeated team over the Steelers. A.J. Brown would have beaten the Steelers by himself in this game. 18 points alone from A.J. Brown on his three touchdowns. Six catches, 156 yards, and those three scores. Almost had a fourth one. 11 targets in this game. So obviously a monster game for AJ Brown, but no real change in pass distribution. We still had eight targets for Devonte Smith, six for Dallas Goddard. It was just, you know, AJ Brown's day. AJ Brown's day, you know, um, great, great game from, from Hertz is Hertz is humming right now on all, on all cylinders. He knows he's confident. He knows where to go with the ball. AJ Brown, you know, a lot of those couple of those touchdowns were dimes that he threw into I don't want to say into double coverage to make it sound bad, but there are two two corners right there, and he's putting it right in the the, the right spot. Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, um, so <laughs> he got yeah he right all the all, all the touchdowns to celebrations. My son was loving it. My son loves when people actually have joy and get to celebrate touchdowns. But you can't you can't ever point at a cornerback after you score a touchdown. That's so funny. I can smash your face in on the football right. field, but if I point at you. <laughs> I might, I might hurt your field and I, leave it to a bunch of 80 year old lawyers, right. Who are the referees. Who've never played a down of football in their life to decide what's up. What's what's on sportsman. Like yeah. unbelievable. I mean, there's certain, there are certainly lines that you can cross where it's like, all right, that's, that's a little bit far, but, I think within reason, you encourage the celebration because it's fun. The whole thing is entertainment. And I I mean, our kids are watching TikTok nonstop. It's not like they're (laughs) going to church and then they step out and they watch football and they're like, oh my God, I just slapped his bottom. What is going on, father? It's it's (laughs) the dumbest. It's so dumb. No one's heard it. Like we'll talk about the Rams later, but Allen Robinson has a big catch, stands up, him in the corner staring at each other. Robinson just first down. And they throw a flag. Like, are you kidding me? Like, what are we doing here? Oh, it's so dumb. But it's about the next generation, Adam. We can't let things keep deteriorating to the point where everybody's signaling every celebration (laughs) in everyone else's faces. Otherwise, what's going to happen when I go to the grocery store and I use a coupon? Am I just supposed to taunt the cashier (laughs) with that? Am I supposed to hold that over the grocery store? Money sign, baby. (laughs) Suck it, Wegmans. I just got all your soup. Give me all the soup. Oh, it's uh, it's it's. Uh, and by the way, the people who don't like this stuff grew up. You know, we're watching football in the seventies, where guys were body slamming each other after after the play, and like that was perfectly okay. But yeah. God forbid we single first down. Anyways, uh, AJ Brown, great game. Uh, Devonta Smith, only five for for, for twenty three. You know, he was kind of the odd man out. There's so many weapons in this offense that like they're not going to all score every week. Uh, Goddard looked awesome. Um, they're very intentional about getting him the ball. Hertz is very confident in him. Six for 64, no touchdowns. He's tight end seven on the year with only one score. So he's going to have some games where he, he, he scores. 
Um, four touchdowns for Hertz passing. I think he only had maybe six going into the game passing. So that's probably why Goddard hadn't had a, a ton go, going in, uh, a ton of touchdowns, but he'll get his. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it, you look at the numbers, you think, oh, A.J. Brown had another week like week one. I hope that they're not going to just throw everything his way. And that wasn't the case. He was three targets right. ahead of Devontae Smith. Yep. He was five targets ahead of Dallas Goddard. You know, he just happened to get the touchdown. So it's a, it's a good day for the Philly passing game. You should feel good about the pieces that you have going forward. Miles Sanders, just nine carries. Even on that, though, put up 78 yards, scored a touchdown. So he's just going to like be good for us this season. He's still like uh, we've had a couple people ask about Miles Sanders trades in the YouTube chat as we've been going through the show. He's somebody that I would be willing to move, not somebody that I would be trying to sell. But if I am one of the few teams that is in good shape at running back and I need some help at wide receiver, Miles Sanders is one of those guys that I'd be okay with moving because he is pretty touchdown dependent for his um, fantasy production, obviously in a great offense for those scoring opportunities, but you know, a 14 carry 80 yard game looks a lot different when you score a touchdown versus when you don't. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'd be okay with with trading him too. I mean, Jalen hurts has six rushing touchdowns in the air. Like hurts is going to siphon a lot of those rushing scores. So, you know, Miles Sanders is like the, I don't know. It's like another, CEH, right? Like if CEH had had a game like this, everyone would be screaming to sell him, right? So like uh, Miles Sanders is kind of kind of the same the same thing in a sense where like he's very touchdown de- dependent in a, in a really good offense. Yeah, but he's actually getting carries over and over again and leading the backfield. So that's why he's somebody that you can trade if it comes up, but otherwise just keep riding it on this good team. Sure. On the other side, there's not a whole lot to talk about because no. Pittsburgh didn't do very much in this game. Chase Claypool threw their one touchdown pass for a yard Jalen Warren outproduced Najee Harris on the ground. I'm not really sure that it matters for anything because it's not like he's going to replace Najee Harris in the lineup, but it's certainly just another reminder that Jalen Warren should be rostered as a handcuff in case Harris goes down. They do have a buy this week. So we'll see if there's any, you know, plan for giving Warren more work or whatever, but I'm hoping that we get maybe like a, a healthier version of Harris. I haven't gotten any indication that he's hurt at all, but he did have, the foot injury back in the summer, I think he did, he, he, he sprained an ankle early early in the season. So I'm sure that a week off is not going to hurt Najee Harris at this point. Yeah, Najee Harris might be Trent, Trent Richardson, right? I mean, in a sense where he has some some massive rookie year on on volume alone. And then he, he wasn't like some highly touted running back, must-have running back coming out of college. And so, you know, you have a situation where and every time the backups in, they're better. <laughs> like Jalen Warren's some nobody and he just looks better. Like, and we're, we keep making excuses for Najee. Oh, it's the quarterback. Oh, he's at an ankle. Oh, it's the old one. Maybe he just is, is, isn't that good. And it's not going to change. It's a Tony, it's a, it's a cowboy situation all over again. They got this number one high pick running back, alpha, you know, th- three down back on the team. They're not going to get more and more, more involved unless there's an injury. So it's absolutely ha- have Warren. You can't re- you can't really start him. They're going into a bye week, whatever. Uh, so as long as Najarius is healthy, he's going to get uh, the bulk of, of of the work there. As far as the receivers are concerned, there's just there's too many of them. There's too many of them that are that are good, and the quarterback stinks. So you're going to have a week where you're going to have one startable receiver week, really, out of these three receivers every week and you just don't know who it's who, who it's going to be. So that's kind of how, how it is moving forward. You know, the week you decide to start George Pickens, like I did this week in a couple uh, that I was between like Pickens and McKenzie, 
And I chose Pickens in a bunch of spots. He does nothing. And Isaiah McKenzie didn't do he had a touchdown and still only scored eight points. But uh it's just you just never know who who it's gonna be in, in, in Pittsburgh. How did you not know that the Isaiah McKenzie rushing touchdown? Was <laughs> I know. Yeah. Zero catches, three targets for George Pickens. Kenny Pickett showed us this week that you can't just say, Yeah, they're gonna get killed in this game. So that means they're gonna throw 50 passes and everybody will be okay. He was under five yards per pass attempt. It was a bad matchup. So the yeah. takeaway, like the larger takeaway is volume's not going to solve it if the matchup is terrible because Kenny Pickett is not good enough to overcome that. He did overcome it yardage-wise a few weeks ago against Buffalo. The Bills secondary is not as good right now, at least because of injuries, as the Philly one. So, yeah. you know, we'll worry about Kenny Pickett for negative matchups. Again, they've got a week nine bye, so we'll pick things back up in week 10 for them. On to the, oh, excuse me, Titans <laughs> and Texans. And that was the same sound that you might hear anybody in Houston making when Derrick Henry comes up on the schedule. Derrick Henry matchups with Houston are, they should only be approved for mature audiences at this point, Adam. All the linebackers show up as questionable on the injury report. They're listed with fear. Lovey Smith's beard turns whiter when Derrick Henry's (laughs) coming. The parents in Houston start telling their kids stories about the brutal king. I mean, this is four straight times he has faced the Texans, gone over 210 rushing yards. He missed both meetings last year. So fortunately for the Texans, it might, we might be talking about six straight at this point, three more before that season. He's he's a monster, and the Texans stink. Yeah, speaking of watching this game, my son has Derrick Henry on his fantasy team, and he's screaming about how red zone isn't showing the game. And I keep trying to tell him it's because – it's the Titans and Texans. There's nothing to watch. And of course, every time they cue to it, it's Derrick Henry, 30 yards, 40 yards, touchdowns. It's just, it's just gross. Yeah. We knew it was going to be a gross game. The only thing to talk about uh, for them is Derrick Henry. That's it. That's all we have to say ever, every week. Derrick Henry, there's no passing. Willis had 10 pa- passing attempts. I was almost tempted to pick him up and start him over Daniel Jones with the weather and all that. I'm like, Oh, maybe Willis will get me a ton of run. I'm glad. I'm glad I did. I didn't do that. Uh, but yeah, Derrick Henry, that's it. Yeah. Malik Willis made his NFL debut. I think he did it from a lazy boy. <laughs> I know what I, I could do that. I could, I, I could throw 10 passes in an NFL game and complete none of them and hand the ball off to Derrick Henry. I do that. Totally, I totally add him feeling it after every play though. I wouldn't like <laughs> you moving very well on the Houston offense. Absolutely nothing going. I mean, Damian Pierce had a rough day, saved it with a touchdown reception. Yeah. And, I, I really have no hopes for Brandon Cooks being more than a low wide receiver three the rest of the way. Yeah, I mean, this was the spot, right? The Titans are all, have an awful pass defense, only 11 fantasy points. I mean, he's startable going forward. Again, you got six bye weeks, all this other type of stuff, injuries. But you're not expecting the type of year we were, we were hoping to get out of him. Um, I don't know what I don't know what's what's changed from 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 last year. I mean, he's still the guy there. It's the same quarterback. It's the same offense. They have a you know a better running back. The offense should be a little bit better. Uh, they should be playing from behind and passing, but uh, I just wish he would, he would, he would get traded somewhere. I mean, it seems like probably what has changed is the league went from saying, who is this guy to, Oh, yeah. this is Davis Mills. It's fine. Right. That's right. Um, yeah. I don't have anything else from that game. Nothing else. <laughs> All right. Commanders against the Colts. I haven't watched any of this game because I don't have time for college football <laughs> at this point, but we did get a second straight nice outing from Terry McLaurin with Taylor Heineke, who is sure making a case for sticking in the lineup, even when Carson Wentz's finger is healthy again. Terry McLaurin led the team in targets for the first time this year. We called him a buy a couple weeks ago on Draft Sharks. Honestly, Adam, when we came out with that article, I wasn't totally sold on on 
touting Terry McLaurin as a buy was one of those where I was like, all right, I'll, I'll go along with it. I don't really have an argument against him. We'll see what happens. Certainly seems like it's working out since then. Absolutely. I mean, you've had some injuries in the receiving core, which have allowed him to get more of the targets, but I freaking love Heineke. He's just, he thinks he's so good and he's out there <laughs> balling and everybody rallies around him. It's just, it's so fun. To, it's so fun to see. He scores at the end there and he's puffing his chest out and he's screaming at the crowd. I absolutely love it. Um, and, and he's good for the fantasy players there, right? Like he gets the guys, the ball. Um, and so, yeah, great for Terry McLaurin had a, had a great game. Apparently he's from Indy. He was letting everyone know this is his city after he got like that little mini hail, hail Mary. Uh, so good, good for McLaurin. Cause he's a stud. Um, and I love that Heineke was getting, was getting him the ball. He's the kind of guy that I love having on TV as a quarterback. I would probably hate to hang out with playing darts at a bar. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> Uh, Antonio Gibson is thriving in what Tony Pollard should be, at least when Ezekiel Elliott is healthy for the Cowboys. Seven targets in this one, which is the most that Gibson has gotten since week one. Caught all seven for 58 yards and a touchdown. The run game could not get going for anyone. He only trailed um, Brian Robinson by one carry in this one. Matched J.D. McKissick for the snap lead in the backfield. Both of those guys a little bit ahead of Brian Robinson. So I know that there are plenty of people like, See, it's Antonio Gibson. Give him the ball more. And you're kind of ignoring that we watched him wither away while getting the ball more over the previous two and a half seasons. So this is, it looks like they have him in the spot where he should be. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, the Colts have a, have a, have a good run run defense. I just, the we just need to see way more Gibson than we see of anybody else on the team. Like I don't, I don't need 25 touches on seven targets. Great. 24% target share. I mean, that's a lot for, for a running back, but Gibson sure. Great. Keep giving him that 24% target share. Cause he's awesome. He's electric with it. Right. He, he caught a shoot horrible pass from, 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 from Heineke down at his shoelaces, scoops it up, scoots 30 yards with it. He just needs to be getting the ball because Brian Robinson has officially taken over the spot as the worst starting running back in football. Uh, now he's behind Devin Singletary. So it's like, put him back, put him back. He's just so no vision, no speed, no nothing. I don't know. I don't know what these coaches see in guys like running for two, two yards of carry. I don't, I, I just don't get it. I don't, he never needs to be on the field ever. Yeah, they need to realize that fields almost always are not made of dirt and grass anymore. So three yards in a cloud of dust doesn't even happen. It's three yards and a cloud of uh, broken up rubber, like old tires. <laughs> Heineke, Taylor Heineke, Curtis Samuel, the top two in rushing yards for Washington in this one. Logan Thomas allegedly returned not quite back to his previous usage level. He ran a route on 51.3% of dropbacks. That's not a level at which you're playing a tight end. If you can help it, Armani Rogers ran just five fewer routes. He got a tar. He got two targets. John Bates got one. They had three total for the tight end. So Logan Thomas, not somebody to use, but it's worth noting that he's back in case something increases going forward. Yep. On the indie side, Sam Ellinger, fine. I targeted outside receivers. Michael Pittman got 39% target share. I don't know why Indy didn't give the ball to Jonathan Taylor more, though. Yeah, no, he didn't. You know, he got a little banged up too, right? Early on in the game, he kind of came out with an ankle. He's his explosiveness is not is has not returned yet. They added, you know, I always wonder how these guys run. They're just adding another layer of tape around his foot and ankle. I'm like, how do you even move with that with that walking boot you, you have on? So, and he didn't move very well, you know. So the, I don't know. The explosion just isn't isn't back yet. He doesn't look terrible, but when you compare a guy 
like him to like Naheem Hines is flying all over here. Like he looks incredible, looks much more explosive, scored their only touchdown there. Um, looked looked great. So if you started Hines and I kind of like, oh, like a must start RB or like second flex or something, you were happy with that with that touchdown. So um it would be nice to get uh, JT the ball more, but he just he just doesn't look right. Yeah. Uh, they did go 64% pass in this game where they were never really trailing by a meaningful amount. So that's interesting. Naheem Hines has been Tony Pollard since before Tony Pollard was Tony Pollard. We we're wondering <laughs> why he's not getting the ball more, but did get the ball some in this one scored from six yards out on a fourth quarter drive. Um, I, I don't have anything else from this game. Yeah. I think Pittman's uh, a wide receiver three kind of moving forward here, especially with the rookie quarterback who likes to run a lot and kind of everyone, you know, Pierce is good. Campbell's, good so Pittman isn't like that alpha receiver that that we were hoping he would be as far as like when the season started you know he did see nine targets to uh to Pierce's five and Campbell's two but um Campbell's getting getting carries and again with the rookie quarterback uh it's hard to kind of rely on him mm-hmm. 49ers 31 to the dead Rams at 14 I, I mean th- this team is it's surprising how dead this team is coming off of winning the Super Bowl last year. We've had hangovers, but this one, I, I'm not sure they're getting revived. 187 passing yards for Matthew Stafford in this one. Cooper Cup got his numbers, hurt an ankle late in the fourth. He's downplaying it, but we're going to have to wait and see how serious it is. Allen Robinson had an okay game, seven targets, five for 54. But like, if that's a positive coming away from a Rams game, then you know things aren't going well. Yeah, tough defense against the Niners there. The Niners always beat... Beat, beat the Rams, but you'd have liked to see him coming out of the bye week. Um, and there's Robinson five for 54 on set seven targets. He was also tackled in the end zone three times. Like, you know, he had a uh, one, they ran another signature fade to him, but the defense knew it was coming and Stafford looked through way over his head and two, like uh, in the same drive, um, two other times he was tackled. They called pass interference down by the goal line, which again, I just, we need to give even these receivers fantasy points when they get tackled in the end zone like that. So I think they want to, they, they were looking for him again in the end zone. That's kind of what he, what he does. But um, I guess you're not going to hate 10 fantasy points as uh as maybe you'd like your second flex or something like that. And he looked good, ran it, ran it out and up, looked, looked great on there. So, uh, but yeah, you know, Cooper cups in the game, they're on three scores with like a minute left and he's in there rolling an ankle. Um, all accounts are that it's nothing, it's nothing serious. Um, so hopefully he'll be back next week, but you know, you can also let him rest a week too. Uh, I'd be, I'd be okay with that. We need him for the playoff stretch run. The run game is dead. They, their old line stinks is really why I, I, think, I think the difference between last year and this year is their, their old line is just, it's just terrible. I mean, I mean, Ronnie rivers is, is out here is like the, <laughs> trying to get Ronnie rivers going. Um, he doesn't look good. Nobody looks good back there. So we'll see. Hopefully what they need to do is trade for an old lineman moving forward. Not a, not a running back. Maybe an entire line, really. Ronnie yeah, Rivers, right. like you mentioned, led this game in carries eight to four over Daryl Henderson, led in targets four to two. Daryl Henderson still played more snaps. I'm not sure. I maybe Sean McVay has said so, and I haven't seen it yet, but maybe it was Henderson dealing with an illness during the week and just being uh, less than 100%. I don't think I would be surprised if it was a plan to make Ronnie Rivers the leader here. The guy's 5'8", 195, undrafted free agent, 20th percentile speed score, 39th percentile spark. So it's not like he's, it's not like he's brimming with talent and they're looking for a way to bring it out. He's basically like rec league Isaiah Pacheco. So I, <laughs> I think that it was issues with Daryl Henderson. 
I also think that more than I more than a week ago, I think it's time to go ahead and pick up Kyron Williams because there's so much crap to this running game that you might as well take Kyron Williams and see if Sean McVay just likes everybody more than Daryl Henderson. Yeah, I think mean, Kyron Williams. Yeah, we should have been picking him up a couple couple weeks ago in your home leagues. He's probably still available. Uh, you can go ahead and p- pick him up. But yeah, I, I think what's happening too with a lot of these players is their O line's so bad. The, the player like Daryl Henderson played more snap, but he was he was blocking. Tyler Higby has been has has been blocking because this O line is so bad. So like if Higby and Henderson are blocking, the receivers get a get a boost in the passing game. Um, but yeah, this I mean. <laughs> They came out of a bye week, so I expect a little bit more, but they're also playing the Niners who own them. So we'll see. It's It, it doesn't look great going forward, but the schedule does get a little bit better. Tyler Higby's playing time was down in this one. The routes you mentioned, he, got they, he was this. fourth in that category. Um, I'm sorry, he was fifth. He trailed all four of those top four wide receivers. Obviously, Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson makes sense, but Van Jefferson, Ben Skaronic were both ahead of him in routes as well. So that's something to monitor going forward because that's obviously – gonna hurt his upside if it continues to play like that yeah Higby was hurt he, he I think he left for a series or two which might have affected that um but but yeah it's it's been rough sledding don't be shocked if this team trades for Kareem Hunt ahead of Tuesday but oh. uh I'm not gonna say I bet that it'll happen but if it if we get that announced I won't be surprised because we already know that the Rams value draft picks like uh bar coasters <laughs> that's right on the other side of this one Christian McCaffrey three touchdowns, did it every way he could. And it wasn't even like, you know, a Tim Tebow pass into the end zone. He threw a touchdown pass 34 yards away. He ran a touchdown right up the middle, just like a big running back. And he had a wide receiver style leaping touchdown catch from nine yards out. So it was like, guys, it doesn't matter whether I'm on Carolina. Now I'm on a new team. I'm still Christian McCaffrey. I'm going to lead your team in targets. I'm going to do whatever they let me do. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, he won. He he won the punt, pass, and kick yesterday. The throw, the catch, the yeah, he scored every every way he could. RB two on the week with forty PPR points. It's nice to to see him get get going there. You know, I wouldn't expect. Don't expect a lot of that going forward with Debo out. You know that, that you know, Debo's kind of the gadget guy too. So overall, the offense will be explosive once Debo get, gets back. But I think a little bit less. For Christian McCaffrey, which is fine. We don't need 40 points every week. It's going to 30. 30. 30 every week is fine. Um, but, if this uh, is possible. I'll take whatever normal is. Right. Yeah, yeah that is right. That is right. Um, Ayuk looked good. You know, um, six six targets, efficient. Uh, had a nice touchdown catch from Christian McCaffrey. Um, so it was nice to see kind of all the, all the pieces get going there. Kittle got there late with a touchdown. Um, nice throw by Jimmy G back, back of the end zone. So, um, man, Jimmy's just spoiled with so many good weapons. He does. He doesn't deserve all that. I know dude's already got that face. Come on. This team gets <laughs> a week right. nine by then they are home for four of the next five games. They also have the commanders and Raiders in the final two fantasy weeks. So the 49ers offense could be pretty impactful for fantasy seasons. Absolutely. Seahawks at the giant, or I'm sorry, Seahawks at home, 27, 13 over the giants. Two key stories, I think, on the Seattle side for me, Adam. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett entered this game with injuries that had them questionable. Seems like they're okay. They led the passing game. They played slightly less than normal, but got the targets. They ended up with the production. Tyler Lockett dropped the touchdown and still got there because he got another one. And that's primarily because Geno Smith continues to play well. Oh, Geno looks so good. I still, 
I haven't heard anything yet, but I still swear he's throwing the ball differently than he used to. He looks, which is kudos to him for working on, on his game. He looks great. Uh, Tyler Lockett could have, could have had another one too. He couldn't get his feet in bounds. Uh, yeah. So Gino, Gino could have had a massive, a massive day, uh, but Lockett, Lockett gets there. Now all the stuff's coming out about how, you know, this the Seahawks just hated Russell Wilson. Too. Everyone hates Russell Wilson coming out talking about like, yeah, the offense is great. The team's great when no one, ca- when nobody cares who's getting, getting the credit. So I don't know. We'll see uh, kind of go going forward with that, what that means. But um, I don't think DK Metcalf was hurt. I think he had to poop again last week. I mean, we're talking about a knee injury and the guy, he looked, he looked incredible, right? He was, a, I think he was wide receiver 15 on the week. Um, you know, almost knee, had another long one too. Almost had another long one. The knee, he's acrobatic sideline stuff. The knee looked, the knee looks fine. Um, and it was nice to see the offense, the pass game again, some drop touchdowns, but, um, the pass game looked good. It was a, it was a bad, it was a bad weather game, some rain, some wind, you know, we, we were, we were kind of trying to get off of that game if, if we could. Um, but, uh, but they, the offense did, still looked good outside of, Kind of Kenneth Walker, who saved his day with a with a really really nice touchdown run late. Mm-hmm. I think the other big story here is the Seattle defense. As I mentioned early in the show, it's been strong now for three straight games. It was rated among the top two for Football Outsiders DVOA in Week Six and Week Seven, like among the top two defenses overall in the league. We don't have those numbers yet for Week Eight. I would bet that they're going to land in that top two range again, though, with the way that they played against the Giants. Even Saquon Barkley couldn't get going in this game, like you mentioned with Kenneth Walker. He saved it with a touchdown, but yardage wasn't there, passing or running. Uh, and the the Seahawks have been tough. It's going to be something to watch for at least the next couple of weeks, and then we'll see if they keep trending this way. Yeah, I'm trying to see who they play. They played with the Giants. What was it? The the, the Chargers, the Cardinals, and yeah. and Saints. Yeah, the Chargers have, have, have a good offense. Obviously, Arizona's kind of hit and miss. Yeah, so I was looking to see if they played any like real bums. But I mean, Seattle's the team that I ended up. You know, draft starts has been very high as as far as like um, you know ranking them in the rankings, and they've been pretty easy to get off the waiver wire the last couple of weeks. So it's been kind of fun to 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 start them. You know, and like you said, they got uh, Arizona and Tampa coming up here too. Uh, and those offenses don't look great either. So, um, so yeah, we'll see. Seattle's uh, startable moving forward. On the Giants' side, there's really not a whole lot to take away from this one. They struggled in a game where I wondered on last Thursday's preview episode if they were going to struggle because, as I mentioned, Seattle's defense was really good the past two weeks. They did struggle in this game. I, you know, there are very few Giants that we're using anyway, so it's one of those that we just kind of throw out, and then after the Week Nine bye, we'll see where we're at. Yeah, it's always nice in a week where it's just not, you know, again, b- bad weather, where you get a, where your stud Saquon Barkley still finishes RB fifteen on on the week, um, with an he had a short touchdown run. He looked he looked fine. He looked great. Had some really explosive kind of runs to the outside. There wasn't a lot for him today. There wasn't a lot of room to run. So um, I do like Darius Slayton moving forward. I really like the way that they've been using him. He was a wide receiver three, this a wide receiver three, not the wide receiver three, five for 66. Again, d- didn't get in the end zone. That, that was the difference, but you know, Wandale Robinson's like the gadgety guy, you know, Wandale ran 85% of the routes, but he only had two catches for 15 yards. So the usage is there. It just didn't happen for him this week, but I think Slayton is a sneaky kind of, flex wide receiver three type guy moving forward if you need something because there's just nothing there after you know um after Slayton and, and, and Wondell Robinson yeah he's like Salvation Army George Pickens he's getting opportunities he's got more yardage potential than Wondell Robinson does 
Bills Packers to close things out. And Aaron Jones, I think, is the only thing to count on in the Green Bay offense. Much better spot for him at Detroit in week nine. He was impressive against the Bills, who have not been a good rushing matchup. They're tougher in run defense than they were last year. But still, even with that, like all told, Aaron Jones was the thing I came away with from the Green Bay offense. And I'm annoyed that it came alive passing wise for a long enough stretch in the fourth quarter to make it a close final. I know. I know. Yeah. The only guy you're really wanting to start from this offense is Aaron Jones. I mean, uh, Rogers got there late on a, on a, on a, on a touchdown that kind of a, kind of a broken play ish, but also Poyer left, left the game. I mean, the Bills secondary has been absolutely destroyed. They lose Micah Hyde. They lose Poyer. Those are two first team, all pro safeties, you know? So Poyer's been in and out of the lineup all, all year. But, the, you know, that was kind of – the Bills never, ever, ever give up deep deep plays. And to see that happen, you know, when Poyer's out of the game, it's like, okay. Um, if he doesn't play next week and moving forward, there might be some big plays to be had there. But um, that's how that's how he got there. Uh, Dobbs made a beautiful touchdown catch. Um, you know, pirouetting back of the end zone. He also made another great catch on the sidelines later. Um, so uh, Dobbs looked – Good, but again, there wasn't enough volume there. They were running the ball. You really only want to start Aaron Jones here. Better spot for everybody against Detroit next week. So it might be, you know, there might be spots where you're starting Romeo Dobbs against that defense um, with the six teams on by. Uh, but it's not not been a target offense. We'll see about Alan Lazard's status for that one. We'll see about Christian Watson who left this one with a concussion. Bills, we mentioned before, not quite up to their usual standard. You kind of throw that out because they've been excellent otherwise. Devin Singletary did control the backfield, but James Cook played more than in any other game this season besides the Week 2 blowout win of Tennessee. So he looks stashable. Stashable, again, rookie coming out of a bye week. You know, five carries for 35 yards looked good. Great catch and run for 41 yards. Um, he looks, yeah, he looks explosive. He looks like what they need in this in this kind of passing game where there's not a lot of speed in the passing game here. Um, Singletary finishes RB 29 on the week. I mean, he just doesn't score fantasy points. I mean, he's in the, one of the best offenses in football. He's the, you know, got the backfield all to himself kind of, or at least going into this game and just can never really get there. Um, I think he's, you know, I think he's RB 20 or so on the season. So we'll see about that going forward. Um, Diggs was Diggs. He always got his stuff. Gabe Davis was Gabe Davis, right? He either smashes or he doesn't do anything. And now he had a Allen hit him on the numbers on a drag route um, where that, where he cut catches the safety coming up. And if, and if Gabe Davis catches it, he's gone 50 yards to, to the house, but he drops it. And so that, that, that would have made his day. That would have made Allen's day, but, um, but whatever. Yeah. It just, it just wasn't a big day for, for the bills offense. They got the jets, Vikings, Browns, Lions over the next four games should be plenty of points there. Maybe some spots for James cook to get some extra touches because the team is pulling way ahead of the opponent, but certainly yeah. not worried about anything bills going forward. I'll bet on him again. I'm not, I'm not throwing him <laughs> out with this one. That's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. Week nine is the first of two 16 buys this year. We got the Browns, Cowboys, Broncos, Giants, Steelers, 49ers, all off in the coming week. If you need fill-in options, we will have you covered. Week nine projections, waiver wire articles for varied league formats. will hit the site by midday Tuesday. That site, of course, draftsharks.com. We're updating our rest of the way rankings by the end of tonight. So those will be ready to go. We have our fourth buy sell hold report of the season hitting the site this Wednesday as well. All of our other usual weekly content and tools to help you set your best lineups. Adam, who 
how are what are you going to be doing as you swim in the deep end this Wednesday night? Yeah, in the deep end, we'll be talking a lot. We started this a little bit last week, but playoff prep, right? We're looking at our schedules, especially for the streaming, uh, the, the you know, if you're streaming quarterback, tight end, defense. Uh, we can look forward here using some of these draft sharks tools to start getting our rosters. Um, our bench is filled with some playoff stashes for there or some, some kind of some trade targets, um, for the, for the playoff week. So stay tuned for that. Uh, we'll actually be going tomorrow night at eight at eight 30. Nice. 8 30 PM Tuesday night on the draft sharks, YouTube, find the deep end with Adam and our pal, Mike Shope. for now. That's all we got for Adam Krautwurst and the entire draft sharks crew. I'm Matt Schaaf saying thanks so much for swimming with us. All right.